1: You've been
2: waiting all night, baby. Baby. Oh, my favorite part of the day. I look forward to this, and especially today, I've been looking forward to this.
1: (laughs) You needed it, huh? Woo, (laughs) baby! All right, so uh, my screen is what? What is going on? Okay, here's what I need to do. That's what I had this big thing that was blocking my screen where I've got the questions written down. I don't, I don't memorize the questions. So, Uh,
2: and I still have my, uh, my email that I got. I still have that pulled up too. If you want to throw that in at some point,
1: I do have it here. Okay. Okay. Cool. I just, I just got it. I just had to get rid of this thing that was beautiful that was up. So we had, uh, I think Salty might have asked something similar to this. I didn't answer it during the first segment because he was going to lead off rapid fire. I started Notre Dame beats Clemson and USC. Does it make up for losing to Marshall and Stanford? Vince?
2: Nope. Not even close. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Would it be great? Would I sleep really well that night? Would I really enjoy the drive home from Clemson? Would I really enjoy Thanksgiving weekend much more if Notre Dame beats USC that weekend? Absolutely. I want to win those games really, really bad. It does not make up for those losses to Marshall and Stanford. It just doesn't. Those losses are so those losses are worse than the good that you get out of beating Clemson and USC. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a stick in the mud, but it does not make up for it. You cannot lose to Marshall and Stanford and get away with it, essentially.
1: And the other question that has to come with it is. How many other games are you going to lose? Are you going to lose one yeah. of the other games that you're supposed to win? I
2: mean, Syracuse is going to be ranked. They look good against NC State. Let's right. see how they look against Clemson. But, I mean, that's not a gimme game. And playing in that dome is not an easy task, even though Notre Dame has done well there in the past. You can't really look at the past with this particular here's, squad. Here's the
1: only thing, you know, like if you're just looking at it, at it as, well, this win replaces this loss in terms of you thought you were going to win this one, you thought you were going to lose this one, that kind of thing. Like, they could uh, they could air quotes could still get to nine and three. Sure. And obviously, if you came into the season, the three games you were going to lose versus the, <laughs> the three games, you know, they right. thought you were going to win, they would be different. So the only the only sort of sheen that you would get off Notre Dame beating Clemson and USC is if you take care of the other four games between then sure. and it, it, you know, so then even though not everything has looked horrible, but it, you know, it sure looks horrible coming off a, a, lo- a home loss to a bad Stanford team. At least if you could run the table for six games and those two be part of your wins, then it it at least changes. It, it It definitely changes how you feel about this season because sure. you still end up nine and three. You beat two really good teams okay. at the end of the season.
2: So you're looking at it as a culmination kind of a thing. Like a, right. those wins equal nine. And so you're like, okay, nine and three. Right. And if- it's a really good point though, John. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, that's okay, but it's a really good point because five years from now, if if Marcus Freeman is still at Notre Dame and you look back you're like, hey, his first year was nine to three. You don't have to get into the weeds about who he lost well, to. I
1: and mean, and because a former co-host and I used to have this conversation about bowl games. Do they matter? Do they not matter? And I think it was what was 2017 when when they ended up, they, they were 9-3 and three during the regular season. That wasn't Music City, was it? I think that was uh, one of the uh, Florida. Camp-
2: camping World? They beat
1: LSU. Yeah, the Camping World, I think. When they beat LSU. and Was it the Camping oh, World? Oh, no. They, they, beat they beat them
2: in the Music City. But didn't they, they beat, beat LSU Iowa in State. another bowl as well? Uh, they did. I just don't remember. That was before. Yeah,
1: because yeah, that was interested. the Ian Book, Brandon Wimbush year, right? Yeah. yeah. Where, where Book came in. And, yeah. So, my point is. They went nine and three in the regular season. Then they won a bowl game. They ten end wins. up with ten wins, yeah. and that's what my argument was. Like you can say that the bowl games don't matter, but when you look back a few years from now at the big picture, you can say double digit win. Yeah, and, and that's because they finished nine and three in the regular season and won a bowl game. They've got five consecutive years that's of double digit wins, and you know that is that is still attainable this season how feasible it is I don't know but you know again like so that's that that to me is the only way that winning those games would offset that because like in the that. big picture you can at least say we put some of these because if you win those games that means you're improving as a team and I, again as as long as you take care of those other games as well sure you can say we put some of these issues behind us we did all these things we beat Clemson and we beat USC, our biggest rival. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the road in LA, and then maybe we went on and won a bowl game.
2: Yeah, you, you always find a way to look at things differently than me. I like that. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done.
1: I'll take it. Well
2: played. Go-
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: Fill in the blank. It's blank that this week's Notre Dame UNLV game will only be televised on the Peacock app. Appropriate,
2: because I'm not sure anybody really wants to watch it. And so they're probably not going to be downloading Peacock, if they don't already have it, to watch whatever this is that we're going to watch on Saturday. So I think it's appropriate. I think this is a perfect timing to put the game on stream.
1: I mean, you're right. You know, the way it turned out and, (laughs) you know... I think I was saying when you were gone, it sounds like they're having trouble even trying to get fans in the stands for the game Saturday, and and I'm I'm really like, and I meant to check today, knowing that I had this question coming up. Like, what's NBC going to televise on Sunday? Like, what's so important that you can't? Notre Dame football is your only right college product, right? That up. What's so important up. that you can't televise? Notre Dame football on Saturday and you've got, a, I know they're trying to push app subscriptions and all that stuff but the Peacock app. is not doing that well to begin with. So you're probably right. It, you know, it's, it's probably fitting the way the season has gone and who the opponent is and everything else. But I'm glad that I'll be at the stadium. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I'm trying to see here. Uh, of course, the internet's running a little slow, but uh, I think I found it here. Let's see. At twelve, Premier League goal line, and then figure skating for three hours, starting ah, at three o'clock.
1: Figure skating instead of Notre Dame football. Okay. Yep.
2: Figure skating is on the docket for NBC. All right. So that's that's what they lost to. They lost to figure skating.
1: You know, like. My what you know? We watch figure skating in this house when the Olympics come. When the Olympics
2: are on, I watch it too.
1: But I'm you know,
2: but not not on Saturday Saturday in October. (laughs) Right,
1: right. All right, let's do a couple of the super chats. All right, Um, guy with a lot of letters in his handle. I have no idea if that rally Q is usually what we go with. with Okay. He says, "I really like Freeman. I don't know that he has a strong enough personality to strike any fear to force change." is there a recipe out there where he can be the carrot and someone else be the stick do you watch better call Saul, by the way, carrot and stick. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you
2: know, Marcus Freeman made a point many times to say, you know, yes, I'm a player's coach. Yes. I can talk to these guys, but they know when it's when I mean business. I mean, he says that, but so far the proof has not been in the pudding. And so, you know, but now, he obviously laid into Drew Pine during the Cal game, right? I mean, he he knows how to bring it if he has to. I don't know what his demeanor is like at practice these days. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know in order to answer that question. I like to have, personally, I like to have opposite personalities of mine on my staff when it comes to, like, coaching personality because of that exact thing. And I do it every day at work. Uh, I'm a bad cop a lot, and this other guy's a good cop. And it works. I mean, it it does work. So there's some validity to that statement. And this is hilarious, by the way.
1: (laughs) Figure skating is all about execution. I'm looking. Tommy Guns. uh, I'm looking. He just put in a super chat. Uh And he said, for my comment and question above, I'm trying to figure out which one it is because I don't see... Really give us a –
2: just put it back in the chat, my friend. Yeah, just
1: throw the question.
2: Tommy, just put I it back can. in and we'll throw it up. I'll is it this – okay, is board. it
1: this one? Big Dogs, Vince and Sean. Do you guys think the level of coaching in the NCAA has improved, gotten worse, or stayed the same, thinking in terms Ooh. of decades or generations? Wow. That's a big
2: one. Well, okay, here's what I will say. I think – and this is nothing against the guys of old. I think football has gotten more intellectual – As we move forward into 2022, you know, guys like Tommy Reese, they didn't really exist. You know, these, these massive X's and O's guy. I mean, Newt Rodney was an X's and O's guys, and he was an X and O guy because he came up with the shift for the four horsemen, right? He wasn't, you know, diagramming all these different pass plays and all of these different things and motions and jets and, you know, all of these different things. I think that is different nowadays than it ever was in the past. Yeah. So I'm not saying guys are smarter. I'm just saying the game has evolved to such a point where you have to be smarter uh, about X's and O's and things of that nature. So I will say that
1: a lot more creative. And we yeah. kind of, it seemed like, and now, you know, again, uh, it seemed like we kind of went through a span like, you know, Tommy Bowden and Joe Paterno were like the last of the breed. It seemed like like coaches didn't last very long anywhere after you had guys like Osborne, who was there, you know, at at Nebraska for so long. And some of these other guys, you had coaches, you know, like Bear Bryant, obviously, now this goes back. But you had coaches that really successful coaches who really lasted at some places. And it seemed like that kind of went away for a while. But now, I mean, it's like you look at. At Nick Saban, you know, like is the guy ever going to leave Alabama? Davos Sweeney, you know, and already as long as he's been at uh, Clemson, and like you know, Urban I still Meyer, feel like that's
2: the—I still feel like that's the exception rather than the rule.
1: Well, and, but but I mean, there there's still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying like Urban Meyer could still be at Ohio State. That's true if he hadn't decided to retire. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's on the fence all the time. You mm-hmm. know you're probably right. It still might be an exception, but even them, like with the longevity that they have had, you know, we really haven't seen that again, like post Paterno and Bowden really until they turned into what they've turned into. Um, I feel like across the board, the point you made, there's definitely a lot more creative football and a lot of really smart football people out there. So I would say probably yes, because, you know, again, like, Look at at Kansas and Lance Leopold right now. Nobody knew who the guy was a couple of years ago. He'd been coaching Division three football sure. forever, got an opportunity at Buffalo, and now Kansas has a really creative, high-scoring offense, you know, and guys like that can show up kind of out of the blue because there are so many good coaches out there, I think.
2: And there there are a lot of good coaches, and I will give you that. I think the leash has gotten shorter on new coaches, though. You know, if, if they're not right. – it's gotten it's gotten much shorter
1: because i think the i think the the average tenure of a head coach is still something like three and a half four years something like that. yeah right they they, they, they I think come, in, they it come shorter,
2: out it feels like
1: i know i know all right so good questions that we've had here so far and i think there was one more yep tyler with a super chat what gameplay would you like to see against unlv but what okay hold it what Gameplay would you like to see against UNLV, but what game plan do you think time will run?
2: <laughs> so what do we want versus what do we think is actually going to happen? I think so. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, look, you again, you've got a better roster. You're faster than UNLV. You, you need to utilize that, right? You need to get Drew Pine back into a game plan that he can be successful with. You need to coach him up this week so that he is not always looking for Michael Mayer. You know what? Give Michael Mayer a couple days off uh, this week. Like, I don't even want Michael Mayer practicing with the first team so that he doesn't have a choice but not to throw to him, okay? I know know that's drastic. I get that. But I don't even want him to be an option during the week. Yes, you need him in games and all of that. I get it. So those are the things that I want to see. I have a hard time predicting what I'm going to see. And I am I will be optimistic, and I will say that we will see a game plan like we saw, a uh, second half of Cal, BYU, North Carolina, because we know that it can happen. So I will say that he will do that, and it will be more than enough to beat UNLV.
1: Yeah. I'll just second that. You know, I, I just I want to see less 12, more 21. That's That's my thing. I right like now. that, though, because... They could be very The running dangerous. backs have to be involved because you're still not getting any production from the, you know, unless Tobias Merriweather, you know, because, you know, that's that's the other issue now is to buy a, Tobias Merriweather makes 141 yard touchdown catch. And now all of a sudden, everyone thinks he's going to be getting 10 yeah. catches a game. You right. Know, it's exactly. not going to go that quickly. No, it's you not. Know, but that is the next super chat that we've got from Charlie Weiss's Belt Loop says, guys, I really like Gosh. your show. You guys do a good job on the collaboration. Appreciate that. Mr. Weiss's belt loop. So uh, when do you guys see Tobias actually playing regularly? After six losses, thanks. Go IB and ND. I mean, I mean that's, that's a good question. They brought him out, let him talk to the media yeah. last night after he had one catch and two targets the other day. Is he going to be a more regular part of this? I think at the very least, he's a guy who should be getting about a dozen snaps per game. At least. Yeah, I mean... What we have
2: seen with him is over the past, I think, three games, he's gotten more and more and more playing time. Is it the to the extent that we want it to be? I don't think so. But the fact that they let him come out and meet the media, I think, is a good sign. I think that's, a, that, that's big. And somebody was saying he's not even on the too deep. I don't care. Like the two deep doesn't mean anything. The yeah. two deep it is is useless.
1: It's it's like the arrows in the parking lot. It's a suggestion. It's not a, <laughs> You're one it's of those not a rule. Okay, <laughs>
2: I see how that is. But no, but like okay. For example, if somebody goes down on the offensive line at guard, who's going to be the first guard in? No matter where, what side it is, Andrew Kostovic is going to be the first guard in. Right, he's going in on the right side. He's going in on the left side. It doesn't even matter. Right, but he's only listed as the the second guard under one position. Depth charts mean nothing, people. They yeah. mean nothing. Yeah.
1: No, great point. I mean, I, I think we're gonna start to see more of him. I do too. Now, you know, again, like regularly, you know, like kind of how loosely you define some of those things. I, you know, I I think at least ten to twelve plays this week would be a good starting point for him. It would be more than he has played in a game so far. I mean, that would be more than he has played overall so far if he got 10 to 12 plays. Yeah. So, Oh, here comes another super chat from the Belt Loop. Remember I said before the season, Tobias would have the most TDs and yards as a wide receiver. I feel robbed of what's very possible.
2: <laughs> we all feel robbed, Charlie. I mean, we all feel robbed, okay? We do. We do. I When, when they put it up to him the first time, I – I was sitting in between Sean and Brian. I put both my hands out on there, so I was like, "Oh, what are we seeing? The internet's about to explode."
1: I thought Vince and Brian Driscoll were going (laughs) to jump up and start dancing when he got that pass. Brian basically did a mic drop when he caught it. He was was like, "What is going on around?" I know because you both got up, and I'm like, "Where's everybody going?"
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. It was good.
1: All right. Um, So let's kind of we'll we'll continue through. uh, through some of these questions that we've got here college football playoff expansion committee is going to meet again Thursday in Dallas. One of the things they're still trying to determine is where the first round playoff games are going to take place when they expand the playoff format to 12 teams. And for those people who haven't come to grips with that yet, it is going to expand to 12 teams. So whether or not you want eight teams or whatever, it's not going to matter because it's going to 12. They're trying to work out logistics now, would you rather the games be played in those first-round games, Vince, on campus or at mm-hmm. neutral sites?
2: I personally would like to see them on campus. I, I think that that's one of the things I was very excited about for the expansion of the playoff is that we get to see some games on campus. And I, I fully support that. I understand the concept of neutral site games. But I think if you're a higher seed, you deserve to play at home one round. Because with the expanded playoffs, you're playing more games. Obviously, have one. Of, you earned a home game. Do it, right? You know what I mean. I, I'm all for it.
1: Well, and especially from a Notre Dame perspective, because they're not going to be able to get that first round buy. That is going to be part of this agreement. So the you know, if they are five, six, seven, or eight, they would get to host a first round playoff game. And so, like from Notre Dame's perspective, I think it is imperative. But you know, even. Bigger picture than that, the fact that you're going to have four of those quarterfinal slash first round games, you know, travel is going to be an issue. Now, again, like from Notre Dame standpoint, you get a lot of people traveling in all the time anyway, even for home games, just because of the nature of the alumni base and everything. But some of these state schools, even the fact that you know you've got quarterfinals, semifinals, potentially championship to get people to travel to all those games, so I think it's really important that you use The home sites, one, so you can generate more of that college football atmosphere in some of these home games. And two, so that you're not forcing every single fan base to, you know, to to have to try to travel three times if you make it all the way through. I just think it's unrealistic to do that in three consecutive weeks or maybe even if you skip a week there, you know, like between the, the semifinal and the championship. So I think they need that.
2: Yeah, Yep. absolutely agree.
1: All right, more questions that I have queued up here, ready to go. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Amazon is going to begin streaming Black Friday NFL games the day after Thanksgiving starting next year.
2: I love that, to be honest with you. I The more football, the better. So I, I am a consumer of the football, and I want as much as I can get. And so if that means that they're adding games, because I have they had games on, on uh, Black Friday in the past?
1: Not NFL. This is going to be though. the first time ever. This there is a go. big deal because apparently there's been some kind of thing about they're not allowed to televise you know, the stuff in prime time okay. on that day. But this it's going to be a three o'clock in the afternoon game. So interesting. I'm snack all about in the middle that. of your couch time.
2: See? It's perfect for it because what are we doing on Black Friday? First of all, nobody goes shopping on Black Friday anymore. Not in my house. You know what I mean. And so who cares about that? And so. What are we looking to do on that Friday? We're looking to watch some football. So I'm all for it. And you know what? A lot of people have Amazon Prime. And obviously it has not hurt the Thursday night games, even though those games have been terrible. But it hasn't hurt them. And so bring it on, man. The more football, the better.
1: Yeah. Well, the Lion – Jonathan says it'll be a garbage game, Bears-Lions. Lions will still get Thanksgiving, so I don't think we're – Yeah, they're not going to play the Lions, day after. You're probably right about the garbage game, just like all these Thursday night games. Oh, they have been so brutal yeah. the last couple of weeks. But yeah. I, 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 li- I like this as well, you know, because like they've moved stuff around in terms of some of these college games that always used to fall. Like you used to get LSU-Arkansas on Friday for – you know, like on that Black Friday, you you don't get that anymore. It's kind of hit or miss. and. So I think it's it's awesome because you're going to get three games the day before on Thanksgiving anyway. Then you'll get a game in the middle of the day on Friday, and then you finish off the NFL slate on Sunday. So I love it, you know? Yes. It's, most people are home, and it's Amazon. Right. So like you're saying, yeah. who's out shopping anymore? It's yep. like a perfect target audience, I think. I'm telling you. All right, Vince, we have uh, both been watching – the Quantum Leap reboot yeah. this year, which is a show about time travel, of course. So, my question to you, and I'm curious to see what you came up with on yeah, this. This is tough, man. If you could bounce back in time, what historical sports figure would you like to be around for a day or two? Would you like to be around for a day or two? Like hang out with?
2: So, this is tough because I wanted to, I honestly, I was thinking more along the lines of Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. And so, but my first inclination was. I kind of wanted to be at the 1945 Tigers-Cubs World Series.
1: Ooh,
2: okay. My father-in-law's a Tigers fan. Well, I'll throw him into the Quantum league Accelerator with me. We'll go back. I know the Tigers won that series, obviously, but I think it would be cool. You know, you put on the suit with the hats and, you know, you're out there. I think that would be cool. Also, and I know this sounds like a crazy Homer type thing, I would love to hang around with Newt Rockney and just talk about his thoughts on modernizing the game. Because that was always his thing. And that's why they built Notre Dame Stadium, because he was always ahead of the game. And Brian loves to talk about when, you know, everybody talks about the tradition of Notre Dame and all these things. And they shouldn't have a jumbotron and they shouldn't have field turf. But if Newt Rockney was alive, he would have done all of that already. Because he was always kind of on the cutting edge of everything. That's true. And so I would love to just sit down, chat with him, you know, get on a plane. Go Well, not, well, not well, a
1: certain plane. Yeah, let's get tra- on a train. train with
2: him. Get on okay. a train with him. But I think that would be fun. I would enjoy that.
1: He was the one that I thought about, too. Like, especially, you know, we live here in South Bend. It would be cool, like, go That's back true. in time when Newt Rockney is here and see what the town looked like. Back yeah. then, and like, kind of know what the changes are, are coming. I mean, there's Newt Rockney Boulevard. The or is it Boulevard yeah. or Avenue that runs through? Uh,
2: I, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, but there's New I know Rockne, what you're talking about. The, the
1: street named after Newt Rockney that that cuts through the middle of town. Yeah, I mean, so to be able to do that, to hop on the trains with him, and you know, like the uh, the uh, the you know the the theme behind Quantum Leap is the guy is supposed to jump in and put right what once went wrong. So like don't get on that plane that's right don't get on the plane you've got in you've got Notre Dame football on NBC you've got <laughs> Quantum Leap is an NBC show I think that we need a a, a, a Newt Rockne to this whole thing where Ooh. he goes back and either he like he jumps into Newt Rockney or George Gipp or somebody you know back Ooh. then and I think that that would be a perfect storyline for that show
2: <sighs> that's not terrible. It's not terrible. I like it. Don't get on the
1: plane. If I'm not going to take Newt, though, because Newt was my first thought too. I saw okay. somebody say Babe Ruth, and he was like my second guy. Like a party. Like go, like, yeah, like, go hang out with Babe Ruth. Maybe even go back all you know all the way to the Boston days when he was still oh. pitching before the trade. You know, and maybe that's like, maybe that's another you know quantum leap type storyline. Since you know they want to get into these sports themes, is like go back to when Babe was there and the whole, you know, the the, the trade of Babe Ruth for No-No Nanette, you know, knowing what <laughs> knowing what that musical became. Oh. Like, what what if Babe Ruth had been a Boston Red Sox all along? You know, maybe Quantum Leap puts that right. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: it's not terrible. It's not terrible, my friend. Especially
1: based on some of the storylines they've had so far. And that yeah. takes us to our last question of the night. What do you think, of what we have seen. What are we, four episodes in to the new quantum leap right now? What do you think of it?
2: One, okay. So I, I talked about last week how I liked how they're really diving into more of the 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 stuff behind the scenes that's not going on with the leaping and all of that, right? Because they didn't yeah. really they didn't do that really at all in the original. There was a couple of episodes here and there where they kind of dove into who those people right. were. It was mostly like
1: just Sam focused. It
2: was yes, it was Sam and Al, and that was it. Sometimes Al would like call off stage to somebody or something like that. But I like how there's kind of the whole conspiracy thing going on back there. That's number one that I like. Number two, one thing I do like that they kind of brought into that is that he can leap outside of his own lifetime. Right. And I, and I think and that Sam that couldn't do right. And I think that that opens up, obviously they went to the wild West this past episode. So it, it opens up so many more possibilities from a writing standpoint that, this could last a couple of seasons as opposed to when they run out of ideas. You know what I mean? And so I do like that end of it. I, it's growing on me. I mean, I haven't missed an episode yet. It's growing on me. I don't I felt mind like this it. Week's,
1: but... I felt like this week's episode was kind of the eh yeah. so far. I'm I, kinda...
2: I feel like, here's what I will say, though. I feel like they wasted the going to the Wild West scenario. Like, there's yeah. a, so many other things they could have done. Yeah. So, but I like that they went to the Wild West. I
1: think you needed like you know like Wyatt Earp or you know like somebody kind of more famous like yeah. if you were going to go back to the Wild, right, Wild West. Right, right, right. To me the my biggest hang up with the show is still, you know, like last week's show was the you know the one where they tied in Sam, like you you wanted to talk about that last week and we never got to. Like it turns out Magic, the guy played by Ernie Hudson, yeah. one of the one of the Ghostbusters. Sam leaped into him in Vietnam, and I think I remember watching yeah. that episode. Oh, I watched back it. when. And so, turns out that years later, Magic has these memories of you know, like of like Sam's memories, and you know, so they kind of tied the past, the the old show, into the new one. The biggest thing this is missing, though, is like a real lead character, and. Last week's episode had the guy who played Kevin on This Is Us as a guest star on the show. He should be, he should be the lead character in this show. Like when you think about it, and I don't know, you know, like who is in charge of what and casting and all that different stuff. But it's like that's what this show is missing to me because, like, Ernie Hudson is the most famous person in the whole cast. I just think, I think that that's kind of it's kind of just lacking that little
2: punch, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. There's I, no Scott
1: Bakula on the yeah,
2: show has no. I mean, there is no second Scott Bakula. I mean, it, they dropped the ball when they did not. But if they once they figured out they couldn't get him involved, however that went down, they should have been like, oh, hey, we can't do it. Yeah, can't do it.
1: Now they did. I think you said the other, the last time that we talked about it. There is, as we found out, sort of like the evil presence that's also going to be leaping through time. So we'll have to see where that we goes. We
2: did find that out at the end of the last episode, which is definitely a twist. So yeah. there, there's way more twists, you know, that go on in this version than did in the first version. So yeah. I am down with that. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight. For those, you know, who said that we, we owed them time because we started off a couple of minutes late again, look at your clock because we ended up going about 90 minutes tonight. So a <laughs> lot of good stuff, a lot of good questions as always appreciate all the input. And, uh, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Fair enough. That was a good show. All right. Tommy guns. He's
2: yelling at you. For John something.
1: joke. Yes. Tommy guns. What's up?
2: What's up? Hi. <laughs> yelling at both of us now.
1: All right, that's going to do it. We will talk to you later. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow night to uh, wrap up the week. Ivy Nation Sports Talk.